Off the ball. That was serious. He was furious. He wanted his net. Just won the World Cup. You won't let me clip a little panel of net. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Well, Vinny, we thought uh, we'd miss the Premier League when it was gone after having to sit through Brighton 1, Aston Villa 2. Uh, bring on the World Cup is what I say. Yeah, that was um, that was a tough match and that was um, at times hard to watch. Um, I think Brighton will be disappointed in themselves. I thought that was a real opportunity to finish um, this part of the season heading into the Christmas break with a big three points and moving into those European spots and putting pressure on the teams ahead of them. But ultimately, they just lacked a little bit of belief on the final tour. And, um, they don't score enough goals under Graham Potter and that's continued uh, now. And to be fair, you must say that Aston Villa, from a structural point of view, were very good and organised and probably ran out worthy winners um, um, Danny Ains being the difference on the day yeah if there was a difference between the two sides it was the two I know they weren't wearing number nine yeah. both of them but it was Danny Ings and Danny Welbeck and the impact that Danny Ings had on his team not just with the goals but also his ability to win the ball back from deep to bring the players around him into the game yeah his whole up play was excellent and I would imagine if Ollie Watkins wasn't um, sick he probably wouldn't have started but it just shows you there's that's the little bit of luck you need as a manager and I think um Emery's start has been really good the, the way he's sort of come up with this sort of new formation uh, John McGinn was operating off the right and we've seen that the way he won the penalty and um, Danny Ings tucked it away brilliantly so yeah Danny, Danny Welbeck was really poor um, really didn't give Brighton a platform anyway shape or form but at the same time you must say that um, Trossard and, and March needed a little bit more quality in them wide areas um, to help out your striker but ultimately they lacked that little bit of quality in the final toward and Villa took the probably two three chances they had they took two of them and took them well Three wins in four league games for Aston Villa since Steven Gerrard left Tactically, what are you seeing then differently that's allowing it certainly feels the attacking players to play with a bit more freedom? Is that more a mental thing that the weight and the pressure that was there under Stephen Gerrard is gone? Or actually, are you seeing something different over the last couple of games from Emery compared to Gerrard? Yeah, so there's two things. One is there was no doubt there was a sort of heavy cloud over the club when Gerrard was there. There was people questioning whether he was the right man or not. Um, we don't know how good Stephen Gerrard is as a coach. That will play out in time. But ultimately, the difference is is that cloud is gone and there's a little bit more freedom in the club but also the tactical change from them I know the personnel changed today because uh, they had that sickness missing Ollie Watkins and um, and Bailey today but they, they play with a 4-4-2 almost but the two wide men um um, join in and, and make it really compact and that allows them press teams so when they haven't got the ball Emery has them as a four back four four narrow midfielders uh, and the two up front who are, um, and that allows full backs to get on at different stages so uh, tactically he's made some small changes not major but small changes and I think ultimately um, the team is really working for itself again as I said when you lift that dark clouds out of your club uh, these are good players at Aston Villa and um, they've started to get the rewards where they've been some really good results they've been generally with Gerard's players with Gerard's sort of different bits and pieces but there's no doubt him leaving the club has given them a huge boost What about Brighton then since Graham Potter left it was a slow start for Roberto De Zebri. five games without a win had back-to-back victories coming into this one in front inside a minute we'll feel it was a real missed opportunity to move up to fifth in the Premier League table what changes have you seen at Brighton compared to the Potter era oh yeah so the tactically it's been huge 
by and large, you would say Potter was a three at the back man. So that that has changed completely. He's gone to it. He throughout his career in Italy, um, and as Shakhtar Donetsk, he played with a back four, four two three one. His his preferred style, and we've seen him do that. So um, again, when you think of March and Trossard, brilliant players, they play really narrow to allow the fullbacks on and, and get on and, and 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 sort of get forward. Um, Gross being the right back today, and it just didn't work for them. But they there's been small but seismic what's that word I'm looking for um, systemic yes. or system changes to the system changes to the system uh, there's been some huge changes to the system but they've been small and, and different different uh, bits and pieces uh, because it's ultimately with the same personnel I suppose is the point and, um, but there's been a real change to them that sort of 4-2-3-1 shape uh, but it looks like Brighton are crying out for centre forward they have been under Graham Potter and they still are under this new coach and um, but it, but there's been a lot to be impressed about about them and but the big challenge comes when you play like Aston Villa home on a Sunday them three points are the ones will get you over the line when it comes to a European spot that I think might be up for grabs this year it's a strange season and uh, they'll be disappointed they've got to now spend the next four to six weeks you know with that last result on, on, on the brain so uh, but this, it, I'm, pro- I'm probably somewhere on the fence with this new coach I think um, he's had some really good results but uh, a couple of them have been have been Disappointing, and today was was really poor in their performance. Crying out for a centre forward, uh, they had one sitting on the bench. Eighteen-year-old uh, Evan Ferguson, who's going to be flying back to Dublin, I presume tonight or tomorrow morning, to link up with the Irish senior squad for the first time ahead of the games against Norway and Malta. So he may may well make his debut uh, in one of those games. You know him probably what since he was a very young kid. Uh, what is it about him that Stephen, Stephen Kenny has seen to bring him in when he's had little or no first team game time that he feels he's ready for an international senior setup? Yeah, I, th- I think it's important that um, we help these players progress. I think he's progressed through the ranks. Um, it's funny, he never got, like, say, the plaudits under 14, international 15, because he was always moving up grades above his age level. There was a huge sort of Ferrari around the time he, got, he, play, he, he played for Bowles and made his debut. Uh, lots of rubbish talk, I would say, about different bits and pieces around that. But um, he's, he's remained level-headed and his family are really level-headed people. And what he's done is um, uh, he's progressed, as I said, into this Brighton setup. He's in around the first team, trains with them every day. And, and to be fair, they've taken real care of Evan and he's just signed a new, over the last couple of weeks, long-term contract at the club, which is is puts a lot of things in perspective for him in terms of his future is not secured but it's well on the way to do that so that's brilliant what do we get as a player we get someone who um, I was in Gillingham a couple of weeks ago and if you see that goal on YouTube it's a headed goal from about 20 yards and it's a brilliant header actually you sort of knew it was almost going to happen just in the build up play I encourage people to have a look at that that goal against Gillingham in the uh, League Cup game um, but also it'd be wrong just to say, he gives us that aerial ability um, he's a big strong lad but it'd be wrong to say that's his strength his strength is on the deck uh, he links up the play really well again but he's got areas of improvement but he's a goal scorer he's scored some wonderful goals scored an amazing goal last year against Everton that everyone can see uh, under 23 game from from 35 yards so he gets all sorts of goals he's a big goal threat all the way through his career he's a big strong lad he can lead the line and the future's really bright for him but like all of these young players 
the, the last step is always the most difficult. So um, he'll remain level-headed. And I think, I think it's a really positive sign that uh, we need to help these players in their progression and I think bringing them into the setup. Uh, he'll impress a lot of the senior pros. He's loved at Brighton by the senior pros there because of his attitude and his work rate. And um, I really hope it goes well for him. Friendlies are a rarity now in international football since the introduction of the Nations League, but Stephen Kenny has a couple of them coming up. What do you think he's going to try and get from these two games? Is there a pressure for these two games? I, you know, I, I remember before the last international window saying at the start of the week that he'll come under pressure probably, and everyone felt, no, he has a new contract. Is, is there a pressure because of how the Armenia game finished for Ireland to get results in these two matches? Yeah, like so. So again, if if I was put myself into international shoes, I would look at the the Norway game and say he's got to go full strength. He's got to use his three at the back. He's got to, and we're very good in them scenarios. I think he's got to use that as an opportunity to learn or improve his system. For me, the Malta game is something where I'd love him to try something different. I think that was lesser lesser nations we've struggled against. Could he look at a back four with a four two three one, and and you know being expansive I don't think he will reason being one I think he, he loves to trade the back system and two is I think I think we haven't allowed this manager the freedom to express himself in the sense of if the result against Malta wasn't wasn't perfect and he tried a different system I think we'd have so much noise around the international job that isn't helpful so for that reason I don't expect him to make any real changes to the system I just hope it's a good camp uh, we're missing a couple of bodies obviously Derby have held on to their players and um, different bits and pieces but look I think um, it's an exciting game hopefully Haaland comes hopefully Norway are full strength I think it suits us to play those better nations but again I'd like to see us put someone away for a few goals and Malta be there for the taking and um, hopefully it's not another referendum on the international manager I don't think we need that now I think we need to just rock up to the Euros next year and be ready for it